Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Veer. Obedience. Is it required? Or does it have anything to do with salvation? Those who love God keep His commandments. Everyone knows that. But they say, you're saved, and then maybe you'll do the will of God, maybe not. We find in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven that in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, speaks directly to who can enter into the kingdom of heaven. And he says, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in, but only those that do the will of God. Well, that requires obedience. We know disobedience is sin of witchcraft. Well, everything that Jesus stated and commanded us to do in this exceedingly great and precious promises given to us was that we might be protector of his divine nature. Holiness. That is, uh, be ye holy, for I am holy. That's not a suggestion. That's a commandment. Now, many believe that's a dress code. But there's more than that. Now, sure, we're supposed to dress with modesty, with all sobriety. But the outward reflection there is a reflection of the heart. And that's true. But there is... Uh, through the scriptures, we grow up into him in all things, in all truth, in the knowledge of him. And that comes through adding to our faith virtue, a virtuous woman, being truthful with our Lord and obedient to his commandments. Then we add to virtue knowledge. Let's take a look at knowledge. And Hosea 4, everybody's quoted that, that through my people perish for lack of knowledge. But without the knowledge of God, then it's chaos. There's murders, hate, envy, strife. Notice there in Hosea 4, verse 1, Hear ye the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Sound familiar? And most of the nations today have no knowledge of God. They have a perception of what they heard from the denominal world, but really no truth of God. They haven't searched out the book and read. They are not familiar with the commandments of God, which number over 3,000 promises of God, which we are to keep. It says, By swearing and lying and killing and stealing, and committing adultery, they break out, and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn. Why does the land mourn? Because of disobedience to God. And every one that dwelleth therein shall languish, with the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Yet let no man strive, nor reprove another. For thy people are as they that strive with the priests. Therefore shalt thou fall in the day, and the prophet shall also fall with you in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. My people are, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. How did you get that knowledge? Well, you had to search God, the scriptures daily, to see if we are in him or not. Search the scriptures, in them you think. You have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me. 
Well, it goes on. My people perish for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject you that you shall be no priest to me. We're called as kings and priests unto the Lord our God and we grow from glory to glory through obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6. You've heard that. We've all that. Whosoever you yield your members of service to obey him of the servants to whom you obey. Whether sin unto death, that's a carly minded Christian, has the Holy Ghost, but does not obey it. It's carly minded. Not a natural mind. It's a carnal mind. They still have their mind on the earthly things, their affections on the things beneath, not on the things above. And he says that to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace in the Holy Ghost. It said, because seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. There is a scripture there that tells us in Hosea 4, 9, and there shall be like people, like priests. And I will punish them for their ways and reward them their doings. We find in verse 12, my people ask counsel at their stocks, the world, and their staff declareth unto them. For the spirit of whoredoms has caused them to err. And they've gone a whoring from under their God. Well, we have a mistaken identity. We think we're serving the Lord, but burning incense to the Queen of Heaven. That's Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots. It's a false church that deceives the whole world, drunk with the wine of her fornication. Well, what does she say? I said a queen. There's your queen of heaven. Mr. Babylon says, I said a queen. I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow, no birth pangs, no tribulation of persecution, and a fighting of faith. I'm already past that. I'm in the blessing, uh, prosperity gospel. I go to church, and I'm increased with goods. I'm clothed and fed. I have need of nothing. Knowest thou not, God said, you're poor, wretched, naked, and destitute. I counsel of thee to buy me gold, tried in the fire. Tried in the fire? Mr. Babylon refuses the fire. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. And think it not strange, the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as your partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon your head. God said, and I will punish your daughters when they commit whoredom and your spouses when they commit adultery. For themselves are separated with whores, and they sacrifice with harlots. Somebody said, well, I haven't done that. Well, we either follow the true Jesus or we're not. Many will come in my name, say, I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. In the name of Jesus. 1 John 4, verse 1 tells us, Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets are entered into the world. Not just a few. Many 
why so many different denominations hired harlings. They that are approved among them in the denominations, their heresies, why are they? For those that are approved among you might be made manifest. That's the reason for the heresies. Paul stated that to the church at Corinth. Hired harlings. Everybody seeking their own, not the ways of God. And the ones that are wise, therefore the people that doth not understand shall fall. We have to understand the word of God, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid, in him, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We're to the full assurance and understanding of that. But we're told, well, there's no works. This faith plus zero, nada, equals salvation. Well, is that what the Lord said? Those that keep his commandments, that love God, and if they do not do the will of God, they cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And we find in Matthew 7, that they are little children. They've been born again. They've been born to the water and the spirit. They've grown from newborn babes that simply desire and sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby to little children. The little children, they have known the Father. They know that Jesus is the Father. Well, they're more in Revelation than most of the Christian so-called world today. They don't know Jesus as the Father. They have no idea that Jesus, the Son of God, is the Father revealed. God manifests in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. They don't understand that Jesus is the Father of glory. Revealed in a body of flesh, the only revealed name of God is Jesus. The only blood name of God for salvation is Jesus. We see in Philippians 2.6, Paul gives us this mystery. He shows us exactly how God works salvation in and of himself alone. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. All of the attributes, that means Jesus is the Alpha to the Omega. He is the Alap through the top. That's the English A to Z and all the attributes of God. He's in the form, Morpha, of God. God is spirit. He is God in every aspect, in every attribute. And Jesus is in that form. Made himself of no reputation. Laid aside his glory. Laid aside his attributes. All of them. And took on him the form of a servant. That servant is key to understanding in the revelation of Jesus. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, and it's given unto us the full assurance and the understanding of it. The mystery is now revealed. That mystery of Christ is revealed now in the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. Paul stated that in Ephesians 3. That mystery that was hid, as it is now revealed in that mystery of Christ, as it is now revealed by his holy apostles and prophets. Paul stated that. It's revealed now. Well, what is that mystery? That it's all in 
Christ in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What was in? Well, the office of the Father. Jesus said that in John 16. It's now being revealed. And the closer we come to the coming, the coming of the Lord in the second advent, when he comes the second time, without sin and salvation, we will grow in greater knowledge for the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. But who hath an ear to hear? Consider the thing. Let us consider the work of God. In Ecclesiastes 3, because of our heart being toward the world and not for God, God has answered us according to our heart. God has placed the spirit of the world in our hearts, in our human spirit, in our hearts that we will not know or consider the work of God from the beginning to the end. It's a strange work. When God rises to do his work, his strange work and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it. There'll be mockers in the last days. Where's the promise of his coming? We don't need God. Everything continues as it was. But the very work of God will surprise the hypocrite when he lays judgment to the lion, righteousness to the plummet, and we will all be measured. That will happen here in these last days. We see that we are called to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. That's not little newborn babes or little children even. Because the little children know that Jesus is the Father. They know he's the Lord. But he said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. But only those that do the will of God. Then they will begin to profess unto Jesus. They have a mistaken identity. They thought everything was fine. They thought they were clothed and fed, increased with goods, and had need of nothing. But God said, you're poor, wretched, naked, and destitute. I counsel of thee to buy me gold, tried in the fire. All that I love, I chasten, God said. And those that be without chastisement are not sons, but are bastards. They think they're in God. They say they're Jews, and they're not. What is a Jew? We see that in Sardis. I'm sorry, Smyrna. In Revelation 2, in Smyrna. And then you say they're Jews and are not. We see it also in Philadelphia. The Philadelphian church in Revelation 3. What's the difference? They say they're Jews and are not. How could they have that mistaken identity? Thinking they're in the church, the chosen of God, and have missed it, missed the mark. Romans 2, 28 and 29 tells us exactly where they missed it. He is not a Jew that is one outwardly in that circumcision of the flesh, not are all Israel or of Israel, but the seed according to the promise. Paul stating that. Well, many in Revelation, the second chapter, and under Smyrna, the church of Smyrna, as well as the church at Philadelphia, Revelation 3. Many say they are Jews and are not but are the synagogue of Satan. Now that is truly a mistaken identity. Thinking we're right with God and we're not. That we have been as the priest 
So is the people, and the people has the priest. Whatever we give our tithes and money and sacrifice our living for is what we are. A man says uh, that I love God, and yet does all his works against God. Lifting up self is not and does not know God. We have to obey his commandments. Those that love God keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. We are commanded many things in the word of God. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus didn't mince words. He meant what he said and said what he meant. But the preachers and ministers today say, no, he didn't really mean that, especially when he said, sell that you have, provide for yourself treasures in the heavens. Sell that you have and give alms, offerings. Well, we can't do that. That is, that is outrageous. There's no way we can do that. Jesus stated it. The apostles did it. And the early church in Acts 2 and Acts 4 did it. But we're told, no, that doesn't apply to us. It's not applicable to us. That was only to them back then. And Jesus' words was their facts, but not for us today because there's situational ethics. God knows that we have to work and make a living and that doesn't apply to us. Well, either we obey all the commandments or we don't. Either God leads us or he doesn't. Either we go into all truth or we don't. It's just that simple. Jesus meant what he said and said what he meant and didn't give us 66 books just to have a lot of words written down so we could have a big Bible. <laughs> no, he gave us these eternal truths, not just facts, eternal truths that are not changed during or affected by time. They are eternal. And by one that does them, will live by them. So therefore, if a man will lose his life for the gospel's sake, the same shall find it. That means he has to lose his own will and do the will of God. That's what Jesus stated. You were born again. You receive the Holy Ghost. You even had the revelation in Matthew 7 in the kingdom of heaven constitution, the bylaws, that you were little children. You had grown from a baby to a little child, and you've known the little children, known the Father. We see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. But who can handle the truth? Who will receive it? And somebody said it's too hard. Well, Jesus, when he began to speak the hard things, the 70 left him. Then he looked at the other 12 and said, will you leave also? Peter said, where shall we go? Only thou hast the words of eternal life. You're it, Jesus. You only hath immortality. You are the son of the living God. You are the Christ. You are the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. You are that Spirit of God manifest. That's a revelation of Christ. Do we have to obey? Well, Jesus stated so because of ones that do not obey and do the will of God. That's not just a hearer of the word, but a doer. 
Well, you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you. Those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And Jesus said, all of you that have been born again, and you call me Lord, Lord, and he is the Lord. No man can call Jesus Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, except by the Holy Ghost. But yet he states, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Oh my goodness, what is that? Where did we miss the mark? Only he that doeth the will of God. Then they will begin to profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. They had the name of Jesus. They worked in the name of Jesus. Many wonderful works. And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name we have prophesied. They were working in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. They did not do the will of God, though. Even though they had the Holy Ghost. They were familiar. They had known that he is the Lord. Jesus stated that. Not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. They had that revelation. How be it? Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. A mistaken identity. Jesus is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The same way the Laodicean church. It's the prosperity gospel church there in Laodicea. I'm increased with goods. I have an investment portfolio. I'm rich towards self. I have need of nothing. And Jesus said, Knowest thou not? You're poor. You're wretched. You're naked. You're destitute. I counsel thee to buy me gold, gold tried in the fire. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The leading of the Holy Ghost. Simply because he did not do the will of God. Well, do we have to do all these commandments? Do we? Is it really essential? I mean, after all, does Jesus expect us in this day and time to sell that we have? Pretty stout commandment. And give alms, alms deeds, offerings. Well, that's the way he sends forth his gospel. That's the way they did it in the former reign. That's how he will do it again in the latter reign, regardless of what some denominational pastor says or some Ph.D. of theology or a doctorate of divinity or whatever they call themselves because God is going to do exactly what he said he would do in his word. That that is determined will be done. And only those that have obeyed in all things in all truth, will be the ones that will be vessels unto honor meat for the master's use. They will be the body of Christ that will preach this everlasting gospel unto all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. Take a look at 1 John, the second chapter. And we know Jesus is the word. He is the father revealed. He is God manifest, 1 Timothy 3.16. He is a blessed and only potentate, 
not potentate junior, not God junior, not almighty junior. He's the almighty God. He is a blessed and only potentate, omnipotent. That's 1 Timothy 6.15. Who only hath immortality, Jesus only, dwelling in the light which no man, not Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the prophets, all the apostles, none can enter into, nor see, nor can see, Jesus only. He's a blessed and only potentate. That's the omnipotent. 1 Timothy 6.15. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, the Almighty God, Revelation 1.8. Well, what does that mean to us? There's over 3,000 promises in this Word of God. Do we have to obey them, keep them? I mean, aren't we saved without doing all this? Or are these works a company salvation? Well, it's not of works lest any man should boast, but it's a righteousness of God by faith. And grace, we see in Revelation, I'm sorry, Romans 5, grace reigns through righteousness. Grace is not alone, not just the unmerited favor of God. Just say Jesus and you're saved. <laughs> Sin reigned by death. Grace reigns through righteousness. And righteousness has to be obeyed, not of our own works, not of our own self, but through the leading of the Holy Ghost and simply yielding in obedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost. For whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are you the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death. That means you have the Holy Ghost. You call him Lord, Lord, but you don't obey. I, I don't obey. Brother Beard will not make and have entrance to the kingdom of heaven. Well, my pastor said I would. Well, as the priest, so is the people. Just because he says we're saved doesn't mean that we are saved by the word of God that we have to seek out and know and try to make sure, examining ourselves, they see whether we be in faith, whether we be Christ in us and doing the will of God, lest we be reprobate. It's called introspection. Examine ourselves. We see there in 1 John 2, my little children, it's talking to the church. These things write unto you that you sin not. Somebody said, we have to sin a little bit every day. No, no, you don't. The Holy Ghost is not a liar. He's truth. He's a spirit of truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now these exceedingly great and precious promises are given to us that we be made protectors of his divine nature, putting off the world and the outer man that lusteth the envy against the spirit and do the will of God building up the inner man. Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man, created after Christ Jesus, is renewed day by day. Whichever one you feed is the one you're going to grow. And it says that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation. That is in our stead, he died for us. For our sins, for our sins to be expiated washed away. 
and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He died for every man. Tasted death for everyone. This is the true light that lighteth every man that cometh to the world. But you see, some do not like to retain God in their knowledge, and because of that, he turns them over to a reprobate mind, Romans 1, doing their own will. Take a look. Verse 3. And hereby, we do know that we know it. How do you know that you know it? How do you know that you know? Well, that's a good question. Well, John answers that for us here in his epistle. We know that we know him if, that's a big if, we keep his commandments. There's over 3,000 commandments. That's a lot of commandments. But every commandment has a promise and a reward. That sounds like a pretty good deal for us. Simply obey and we get rewarded? Yes. For a lot of afflictions, which is only but for a moment, works for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's eternal. Not just laid up for here for 70 years, three score and 10, and by reason of strength, we go to 80. Yet man born of wounds a few days and full of troubles. And the only way to live in the God life, godliness, is through obedience. He goes on and says, He that saith, I know him, I know Jesus, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. That's pretty straightforward. But whosoever keepeth his word is in him, verily, is the love of God perfected. Oh, faith worketh by love. Everything that God does for his body is in love. Then the spiritual gifts work by faith, faith work by love. Then we bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, love, Galatians 5.22. Love is the first thing. It's It's a predominant. We are commanded to love each other as he has loved us. Hereby we, hereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. 1 John 3.16 Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, not fight and contend for our own what we think is right, but condescend to men of low estate, preferring our brother above ourselves to the point where we're willing to lay down our lives for the brethren. That's the love of God. And if say we love him and we know him, how do we have that litmus test? How do we know that check ourselves to see whether we be in the faith, lest we be reprobate? What is the gauge? What is the measure? The measuring rod is Christ, Jesus, and his commandments. He states that anyone that says that he knows him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Well, somebody said, we don't want to preach this whole book because Jesus said some pretty hard things. Not only we have to love our neighbors ourselves, we have to pray for them that spitefully use us, we have to love each of us and the brethren. Another commandment I give you, love one another as I've loved you. If you love the brethren, you've been passed from death unto life. And some people are hard to love. 
Well, not when you realize that as he loved us and we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, that he was wounded for transgressions, bruised for iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by stripes were healed. And we all did esteem him stricken, smitten of God. We were all, we agreed to that. And he's laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He tasted death for every man. And we're to have that same love, which is not a sensual eros. It's not just a phileo fondness. It's not a storge, just a parental love or a family love. It is the love of God that passes all understanding. It's the agape. And because of the love of God and the Holy Ghost moving in your life, then you have that love that is manifest and its outward expression in life because of its divine reflection upon your heart. It's moving in you. Grace is effectual. It's dynamic. It moves in you. You can feel that power. And by doing so, that love, it passes on understanding, but it permeates you. The love of God is expressed. It's felt, and other people can feel it. They can feel the love of God that you have for him. And they see your good works and glorify your father, the Lord Jesus, which is in heaven. He goes on and says, He that says that he abides in the Lord ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Let your yea be yea, your nay, nay. Whatsoever cometh more than this is sin. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which you've heard from the beginning. The old old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. This new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. Well, we find the growth state coming right there. In that first John 2, 12 through 14, he tells us how we must grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth. And he says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And I write unto you, little children, because you've known the Father. They call him Lord. You should have known me. If you'd have known me, you should have known the Lord. You know the Father. John 8 tells us that. Well, these children, they call him Lord, Lord. They have reached that point in their walk in God. They're not newborn babes. They're little children, but they have to go on. But that's where they miss it. Right there in Matthew 7, they call him Lord, Lord, but they don't go on and do the will of God. They don't obey. They do not set their affections on the things above and not on the things beneath. They stay carnally minded in the world and not have a renewed mind, the mind of Christ, and that mind of Christ is received 
in a final sealing compacted together in Revelation 7. The final last day sealing of uh, the servants of God in their forehead, which is the mind of Christ. They will not be deceived. They will stand through seals, trumpets, and vows of the judgments of God until the time that Jesus comes immediately after the last trump. The last trump shall sound. Not the seventh trumpet of the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpets, which are woe trumpets. Well, woe, woe be unto the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other three trumpets yet to sound. But after all is done, all seals, trumpets, and vows, then and only then does Jesus come the second advent. Before then, we have to have a sealing. We have to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man, not of little children. That's what happened in Matthew 7. They called him Lord, Lord. They were little children. They had prophesied in his name. They had many wonderful works in his name. <clears throat> Cast out devils in his name. But they failed to do the will of God. To do the will of God, you have to have the voice of God. You have to know that voice of God. He didn't say, my lambs know my voice. and my sheep know my voice. We have to grow from lambs to sheep. <clears throat> How do you do that? Through obedience. We see that to do that, we have to offer ourselves a living sacrifice. The best and direct word from Paul given to us to do that is in Romans 12.1. I beseech you, brethren, that's the church, born again, by the mercies of God, not of our works, by his mercy. We present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. That means you have to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. But be you transformed, a transformation, by the renewing of your mind. And that mind in the forehead will be sealed in the last day, apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7, essential for salvation. For it's the final truth, growing up into Jesus in all things, it's the epoch. It's the final crowning glory of the body of Christ. Nothing greater on this side of glory that we are called as kings and priests for the Lord our God, Jesus Christ, and we will reign with him for a thousand years when all the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and then we will reign and rule with Jesus. How do we get there? Well, we have to do the will of God, and we have to have a renewed mind. That renewed mind walking in the light as he's in the light, in present truth and the preceding word of God, not a half egg of beaten olive oil, which is in the Pentecostal reign, but the golden oil proceeding from the throne room of God and emptying out of themselves a the golden oil. These are the ones that have gone higher than Pentecost. They've gone into the season of tabernacle, the ministry voice of Jesus, and they're doing his will. These are the ones 
that they have presented their bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. They're not conformed to this world. They're transformed by the renewing of their mind. They, they may prove. That is, uh, have the guarantee and assurance. They have come unto perfection. They may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. That's the only way. So we work out our own salvation, not the plan of salvation. That's Jesus and Jesus alone. But in obedience, working out our own salvation, in obedience, that because it's God, not us, not of works, lest any man should boast, we're working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for as God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure, his will, not our will. And if any man does not do the will of God, though he's been born again, though he followed the Lord and became little children, know that he's the father, but still did not do the will of God, will not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh my, somebody said, how can that be? Well, are we going to obey the commandments of God or not? We see that that is required. In 1 John 5 again, he says, uh, 1 John 5, verse 1, we have to have the revelation of Christ. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that beget loveth him, that is begotten of him. Here we know. Here we say, verse 2, 1 John 5 in his epistle, by this we know, we have the assurance, that we have and we love the children of God when we love God and, and keep his commandments. Anyone says that, oh, you just follow Jesus, doctrine has nothing to do with it, is a liar. And the people that believe that will come to find that they have been deceived. As the priest, so is the people. We must obey the truth. So what's the best thing to do? Take out your Bible, open it and say, Lord, reveal to me the truth because I'm going to answer to you, not to anyone else but you. And I'll show you, according to the authority of the word of God, God will reveal himself to you when you seek for him with all your heart. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. We love God. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. We are expected, not just expected, commanded to keep his commandments. Jesus gave us the law of the spirit of life in him, through him alone. And his sayings he gave us, he said to his disciples going to the cross in Jerusalem, said, I have many things to tell you, you disciples. You have followed me. You have kept my word. But there's many things which faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not saying there's many things that I need to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. You haven't grown. You haven't come into perfection yet. You haven't come to the whole measure of the stature of Jesus himself yet. But I'm going to send you a comforter. 
the Holy Ghost. He will speak of me. There's your example. Jesus in the days of his flesh. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Whatever he said that we are to do, we're to do. He gave us the bylaws. He gave us the constitution of the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He went up the mountain and gave us that sermon on the mount. The greatest sermon ever preached. Coming down that mountain, there in Luke 6, he preached it again. He preached it more than once. But the full constitution is given to us in Matthew's gospel, 5, 6, and 7. And he stated what it's going to take from the foundation to the final capstone in that building to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He stated that we have to love our enemies. We have to despite for them, uh, pray for them that despitefully use us. We have to love our neighbors as ourselves. We have to love the brethren. And these, we have to love the brethren as he commanded. Right in the middle, he said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's Matthew 6, 19. But we cut that out. Uh, we don't want to hear that because that's sold out, forsaken all. The message that we must, as ministers, to all the body of Christ, because it is a body movement. It's not just this big dog, the bishop, or the apostle. It's a body movement. The Lord's going to fitly frame it together, every individual member of the body of Christ, and compact it, seal it, through the measure of every part to the ones that have obeyed him. And those that seek God and have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches will obey. And those are the ones that will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if the commandments grievous, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Added? Yes. That's what happened. Uh, Jesus said, sell that you have, give alms, provide for yourselves treasures in the heavens where moth and rust are not corrupt, threes do not break through and seal. That's just as much of commandment as to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He that believeth on me shall never die, pass from death unto life. All of these are commandments. And the true body of Christ are hearing that clarion trumpet call of God to gather together in one. I was astonished in the 19th of January, 2019, where the Lord visited me. I only had three visitations in almost 50 years of my ministry. And this was a very profound visitation. Thereafter, preaching a Maasai tribal church in uh, Transmara, Kenya, Kilgoris, in Africa, and after two hours there, but the bottom line, he said, seal my people by my word, even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. That means we're in the last of the last days, and not for us, not for our righteousness or any of our holiness, but the Lord, for his name's sake, lift up, spare not, show my people are sin. What is required? 
the truth of the word and don't cut anything out and don't throw this commandment away and that saying, be you perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. You meant it. And we have to do the will of God to do that. We have to offer our bodies a living sacrifice. Jesus stated, he that cometh after me, let him first deny himself. You can't do yourself will regardless of what a prosperity preacher tells you. You must do the will of God. And that requires us to obey. How do you do that? You present your body as a living sacrifice. Jesus said it. Go pick up your cross. Come and follow me. Not my cross. We can't. No one's going to die. Jesus died for the sin of the world. We're complete in him and have need of nothing else. But through obedience, we crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust to do the will of God and be accepted of him. That's called sanctification. You don't hear much of that anymore. But God's calling a true body to that right now. And the gathering of it to fitly frame it together through the preaching, prophesying to each member. The bones are coming together and they will make a joint of whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. It's to the measure of every part. What is that? God has dealt to every every man the measure of faith. Whatever he's called you to do, every individual member, he has dealt you already the measure of faith to do that. That is an individual call of God and a purpose that only you can do and no one else. No one can do the will of God that he's called you to do. And that is why and the importance essential for the body of Christ to come together. Why is that so important? Because every individual member has a function in a ministry to do different ministrations, but the same spirit. So the eye can't save the foot. I have no need of you. For God has put the a more abundant honor on the less comely parts of the Beno Chisholm or division in the body as it has pleased him, not us. The clay can't say to the potter, why hast thou made me thus? We can't strive with our maker. When we do the will of God, then there's peace that passes all understanding. And only then will we know the voice of God. Many think they know the voice of God and it's following their own conscience or a dream out of business. But the ones that do know their God, the ones that have sacrificed their lives upon the altar, they've lost their life for the gospel's sake, that has lost their will, their volition, to do the will of God. And God moved on them, and they have and know the voice of God. That's not a baby. The babies don't know the voice of God. They even say, the lamb know my voice. The sheep know my voice. Well, the sheep, are the ones that have presented their bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And we're not conformed to this world where we are transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove the perfect will of God for each of us. That's the only way. Now we know the voice of God. The voice of God is through obedience. And when we do that, we know the voice of God. We can hear that voice. Then we can obey it. And obedience is required. That's where we are now. God is pulling and that body leading us 
into one unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God. That's a perfect mirror image of Jesus. Unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We have to obey all the commandments. Anyone that says God didn't mean that, he said sell, but he didn't mean it. Well, Jesus said it. Sell that you have, provide for yourself, treasures in the heavens. These are alms deeds, they're offerings. That's the way the gospel goes forth. How shall they go except to be sent? And this is a body movement. So the body comes together. They sell their possessions, lands, houses, and then they have all things common. It goes forth throughout all the world. Somebody said, Brother Beard, have you done it? Yes. And we're still on that front line for God, going to the nations as he provides. Is God dealing with you? Join us, and we will go together. We'd love to hear from you. That move of God is happening now. And he states that. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We do the will of God. Then he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And thou until the joy of the Lord. If we haven't done good, we will not hear, well done. So let's pray for each other. And I pray for you that God perfect that which is lacking in each of you and us as well. As we come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man in the perfect image of Jesus. Jesus is going to present to himself a glorious church without spot, without blemish. Well, contact us. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Do contact us on the websites, dennisbeard.org. SealingGodsPeople.org SealingGodsPeople.com JCIC.TV Join us there. Well, we have a private website. We're going to the depth of the Word of God. Streaming live daily at 2 o'clock, seven days a week. Join us there. You can ask questions and give your comments. We'd love to hear. God is placing that body together now for the greatest work that will be done on this side of glory. <clears throat> He's doing it. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty as he fitly frames the body of Christ together all in the unity of the faith. That is for his glory. And he be lifted up. He'll draw all men. Contacts us. We'd love to hear from you. And until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.